Welcome to Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling, a podcast for unexpected homeschoolers who never considered homeschooling, but find themselves doing just that. Each week, we'll talk about the challenges and joys of homeschooling with a few practical tips thrown in. I'm your host, Kim. talk about how to conserve your energy, enthusiasm, and dedication for homeschooling through those first few weeks. Now, you will probably be really tired, so give yourself time to adjust. There's usually a lot of change at the beginning of the year, and that can be totally overwhelming for all of us. Being tired and all of that emotional baggage that comes up is totally normal the first few weeks. I told a mom this week, you'll probably cry and doubt yourself a lot as you start this, and that's normal, probably even a sign that you're doing it right. No matter how you're approaching homeschooling this year, it's probably different than how other years have felt. I want to just acknowledge that and say that 2020-2021 school year doesn't feel the same, and that alone feels very heavy. So the first thing I think you should do is process your feelings about the school year. Let's start by clearing out some headspace. I suggest you get out a sheet of paper and answer just a few questions so you can kind of look at your thoughts and see where you're at. Think about questions like what concerns you the most about the school year? If you failed your kids this year, what would that mean? If you could make this the best possible experience for you and your kids this year, how would that look? Respond to a statement like, this year has no limits. What thoughts pop up for you when you read that? How do those thoughts feel? This is important because you can't manage your energy and your emotions until you can control some of those spiraling thoughts that are running in the background and just draining you. So the next step is to review your answers to those questions and ask yourself, is this true? You might be surprised how many are just your brain assuming the worst, knowing that gives you the power to dismiss those unhelpful panic brain thoughts and focus on the task at hand. A lot of times, the fact is that panic brain is draining our energy because it's running all of this unnecessary programming in the background like when you have all of your apps open on your iPhone and it's draining your battery. Those thoughts are back there and by being able to write them down and acknowledge them, it basically closes some of those apps. If they pop back open, then you'll know how to close them yourself. There used to be a PSA that was like, the title was like, the more you know. Knowing that your brain is trying to let you know all the ways this could go bad is great information to have. Your brain is an excellent disaster planner. What that means for you is that when your kiddo is in tears over a lesson or sitting there with their arms crossed telling you they don't want to do it, true story this week, you can dismiss that inner critic that pops up because that panic brain, that inner critic will happily jump up to let you know that this is evidence of impending doom. You knew you couldn't do this. You knew you were going to fail at this. You knew it was going to be the worst for your kids. In that moment, when all of those thoughts just start popping up, you can dismiss them and decide it doesn't mean anything. 
if you find yourself stewing later about it, having those spiraling thoughts coming back, you can start asking, what am I making this mean? Once you see that some of your own thoughts are limiting your success in your homeschool and how you feel about it and how this is going to work for your family, you can focus on other areas where energy, enthusiasm, and dedication can start to wane because you're not having to use all of your energy to kind of quiet this negative inner voice. The reality is that if you've got all these negative thoughts, when the rubber meets the road and all of the real challenges happen, you don't have the bandwidth left for it. And we have all been there. Some of these very real challenges are changes to the schedule, a new curriculum that is different, more challenging, not challenging enough, just different so everyone doesn't like it. Technology issues have been huge this year misplaced materials so they can't find the book they need or they can't find the login and information they need or they can't find the colored pencils even though you've bought 375 colored pencils in the last 12 months the glue sticks all got left open and they're dried up these types of things you might have included new teachers and or new tutors in as you've outsourced materials and you're having to learn what they're expecting of your kids. Your kids are having to learn that, understand your role in this new dynamic. Work schedules, if you're working from home and trying to homeschool, or if you're not working from home and trying to homeschool, that can be a real challenge to your energy, enthusiasm, and dedication about the year. Unexpected changes, so the babysitter falls through or someone falls and has to have stitches or your mom calls and she needs you to do something for your grandmother, whatever changes happen that as a homeschooling family, I think a lot of people think, well, you're just home anyway. So you will always have things popping up and you have to decide a, if you allow those changes and b how you will handle all of those questions, sibling issues, now, luckily, most of us has been, have been home a lot, or unluckily, some of our siblings are very sick of each other at this point and trying to maneuver in your home together all the time. So you're dealing with, she looked at me, he looked at me, they said the words, whatever. So a lot of those sibling issues are coming up. And then friendship drama, especially with older kids, you start getting into a lot of friendship drama this year. A lot of that's going to be, you know, through social media and things like that if you have older kids. So just know those are all things that are going to pop up just like they would any school year. So dealing with some of that heavy mental work that's specific to this time frame is going to be really good for you to be able to open up the bandwidth in your brain to deal with the other things that are just going to happen because even though this might be a challenging year, it doesn't mean that all of the other normal day-to-day -day challenges don't exist. So we need to do what we can to really adjust our mindset so we can keep going. I'm going to give you tips beyond just the basics of really thinking about your thoughts and trying to get a mindset where you can dismiss all that disaster planning in the background. And these are going to be specific to energy, enthusiasm, and dedication. So for energy, in the first few weeks, 
you really want to be a keen observer, but don't make lots of changes. So you want to write down notes at the end of, day, end of the day, do some reflecting on what worked and what didn't work. You want to not be reactive in the first few weeks because sometimes, especially those first few weeks, things that you don't think will work, if you stick with it, will actually start working as everyone adapts. So you want to just kind of watch. Allow extra time for every task. This will eliminate all of the energy of trying to rush. Rush yourself, rush the kids. Just allow extra time. If you think a task will take an hour, give it two hours. If you think a task will take 30 minutes, give it an hour and 15. Whatever time you can to give yourself a little cushion will be better. And that leads us to leave white space in your days. This may or not may not be easier living in the time frame we're living in in history, but make sure you don't feel like you have to fill the calendar day with six hours of very specific detailed learning going on because that is not what happens in a public school day. There's a lot of transition time, there's break time. So you wanna make sure that you're leaving lots of white space in your day so that you and the kids have some time to crack jokes enjoy each other, get some space apart from each other, go to the bathroom without feeling rushed, all those things that help eliminate those energy sucks like rushing or feeling overwhelmed. Create a schedule or routine. Now it doesn't have to be like an hourly schedule, but it needs to be a routine at least where kind of everyone knows what's going to happen next because that helps to just manage the expectations. Um, I talk a lot about shouldn't on yourself, don't shit on yourself. <laughs> what that means is that when we aren't open about what we are expecting, then we have all these hidden expectations and that just can lead to a lot of emotional, mental anguish that is just draining. So especially at the beginning of the school year, you can create a schedule or a routine and just let the kids know this is what we're starting with. We're going to do this for two weeks. Then we're going to talk about it and make adjustments after the first few weeks. Be willing to cut frustrating lessons short. So especially um, kids that tend to have perfectionist thinking or get very frustrated, have a very low tolerance for frustration. That's the best way to put it. When something does not come easy to them, they can get very, very emotional and frustrated. So it is better. They cannot learn anything once they get that cortisol spike to just walk away from that lesson and know that you can come back to it the next day or you can come back to it later in the day if you kind of get catch up time later in the day. And sometimes you have to look at a lesson and say, is this really a lesson that I have to, they have to master to be able to move forward? Because sometimes you can, it's just like this little extra piece of information and you can skip it, but be willing to kind of evaluate that. Plan your weekly meals and choose convenience options or freezer meals that you've previously created in these first few weeks. This will make more energy for your school as you adjust and give you a little extra time for reflection and thing like, things like that. And you won't be so rushed because you already know what food is going to look like. And then loosen your expectations on household chores as you adjust. The time to get things done will materialize as the schedule solidifies and you'll clearly see, well, 
we can load the dishwasher here, we can do some vacuuming here, whatever your chores are, whatever that looks like, or this person needs to do their laundry this day. That will become obvious as the schedule becomes more solid after you've had some time to make adjustments. So that's energy pieces. How to stay enthusiastic. Hopefully you've started the school year being enthusiastic. And if you haven't, doing my first exercise has helped you kind of release some of your negative thoughts and feelings about this. And you have gotten enthusiastic. I cannot tell you that I have loved every day of homeschooling, but I can tell you that I've loved homeschooling and what it's done for our family. Sometimes you have to like step back and see the big picture. My first tip is to dismiss those unhelpful thoughts. The four ways to really do it easily when you have something pop up that you know is just a thought that isn't helping you. Like, see, this is proof that we can't do this. This is not going to work. You can say things to yourself like, okay, but that's just a thought. This is just a moment. It doesn't have to mean any more, anything more. Question, is that even true? And the last option, and there are more, but these are just four I'm giving you is, well, what am I making this mean? Because for me, that's a big one because I can tend to over-dramatize. So it's easy for me to make it mean all of these things and me link it to everything that's ever happened in this child's life or in my relationship with my husband or my relationship with my friend. And it usually just means that someone was short and tired or hungry right at that moment. And so if I can take a step back and say, what, what am I making this mean? Um, it can be really helpful for me. Find time for yourself, especially the introverted moms like myself out there. Um, and self-care isn't bubble baths and pedicures, okay? Self-care is about creating a life you love. So make sure that you aren't sacrificing your mental health and well-being for your homeschool. Think about things that really help you reset and recharge and reinvigorate you because those need to be part of your life. Create daily routines and rituals that help you reset. So like I have a morning routine and an evening routine. I set aside time every afternoon to just have a cup of coffee or a cup of tea or drink some water and just try to read something, even if it's just for 15 minutes, that's totally fun. Not self-help, not development in any way, not a curriculum book, not work for me, just 15 minutes of like just reading a book. That's fun. Um, and you don't have to do that one, but just find something that helps you. Allow kids some downtime with you. So I think they also need the downtime alone, but I think it's really important as homeschool families, sometimes we're always in teaching mode. And it's one of the things I um, hate about the homeschool community. Hate's probably a little bit strong, but you'll see a lot of people like, does this count? Does this count when they're talking about their homeschooling? And it's very common in homeschool communities for families to say, well, everything counts because you're always learning. And that is 100% true. You're always learning. But sometimes your mom, your kid just needs you to be a mom or a dad. And I know for me personally, coming from a teaching background, it is very easy for me to slip into teacher mode with my kids. And sometimes that's really not what they want from me. They just want mom. I find that if I can give them that some of that time daily, ideally, it just makes everything go better. They're less resistant during schoolwork. They um, are happier to do chores that help me out and help the household run well. They feel loved. It fills their bucket. And 
it also fills my bucket because sometimes when we're deep in homeschool mode, it can feel like I don't ever get to be just their mom. And so by really being aware of that, it helps me keep my enthusiasm for the homeschool time because I know I have my mom time too. For us, this looks like playing a, a board game, learning a new board game. We can watch a TV show. It can be a documentary. It can be school adjacent, but it isn't like, okay, we're going to do this for schoolwork. Get outside, go swimming, go hiking, go do something outside. Look at photo albums together. And these can be like digital albums if you save your um, pictures on a digital site or get out the old photo albums. My kids love to hear stories about when I was growing up and other, you know, about their grandparents and um, their aunts and uncles and cousins and things like that. Just taking a little time to make those connections. Cook together. Cooking together is another time where we do a lot of family storytelling. Um, my mom owned a restaurant. I think most moms and grandmas, um, there's some <laughs> attachment to a, some type of dish growing up or something like that. We talk a lot about family history type things and what our childhood was like and how it felt when mom made this and it smelled so good and you just felt loved and it was like a mom hug. Listen to music together. I love this one. I love music. I love to share when we are sharing different music, like listen to this, like we, <laughs> a really fun thing to do with your kids is to listen to um, the music from old TV shows. It's hilarious because, you know, TV music has kind of changed and evolved like many other genres. And it, it's just so much fun to do that with your kids. Shows that you love that they would never have any exposure to get on um, YouTube and stream some great sitcom music and you will love it. Listen or read a good book just for fun. Um, we listen to a lot of audible books, especially when we live somewhere where we were in the car more. And I highly suggest that. But if you like to read aloud, you can just read aloud. A book that's not about teaching them anything about literature. It's about just enjoying a book. And sometimes it can become really easy to lose sight of that. But by doing those things together, everyone's not just burned out on constantly being in learning mode. And if you're good at being able to just say, we're learning all the time and this is a lifestyle and that is awesome, I'm not good at that. And if you're not good at it, these are some tips to help you kind of preserve your enthusiasm for homeschooling and still have the family life that you like dedication so some tips to keep your dedication going especially in those just during that first few weeks fatigue be comfortable learning from mistakes because you're going to make them so if you make a mistake a big deal first of all it's a life lesson for kids that oh we all make mistakes and then just being comfortable with it will allow you to learn from it and keep going uh, don't dramatize issues that arise if someone doesn't bring their pencil to sit down and do the writing lesson or they can't find their writing book or they can't find the play-doh so you guys can make the model just take that as a learning opportunity and move on if you need to you know stop your lesson for the day and say okay well the next hour we're going to spend finding these supplies tomorrow when we start this lesson we'll have everything in place and we'll talk about how to store it and where to put things be willing to make changes after the first couple of weeks. So I really think that 
if you can say, all right, I'm observing now and know that I can change however I need to after the first couple of weeks. And changes can be changing curriculum. It can be changing how you're using a curriculum. It can be making small tweaks. It can be adding tutors in. It can be so many things. It, you There are so many options with homeschooling, so therefore there are so many opportunities to make changes and adjustments. So just be willing to know that after the first couple of weeks, you can see how things need to change and go from there. Connect with other homeschool families for advice. I really encourage you, especially if you are using a very specific curriculum, you know, if you're a Sunlight family or a Bookshark family or um, use Time for Learning or you're using Power Homeschool, whatever you're doing, finding other families that are doing something similar to that is so helpful because they know all of the tips and tricks to how to tweak it and personalize it for their family. And you might be able to use some of those. It helps you stay connected to what you've chosen to do. It increases that dedication piece. And then the last tip for dedication really is about reinforcing this mindset. Consider writing down why you've chosen to homeschool this year every day for the first few weeks, like just a sentence or two, but make sure it feels calm, controlled, and positive. So instead of saying, we had to homeschool this year because the pandemic is happening and I was too scared to send my kids to school. That doesn't feel very good in your body, so but you can take ownership of it and make it very positive. I've chosen to homeschool this year because I was more comfortable keeping my kids at home where I felt they would be safe. So I chose this because I did not feel comfortable and I wanted to feel comfortable and I wanted to feel like I was keeping my kids safe. Now that may not be your option or your reasoning, but I'm just using that because I'm hearing that one a lot. Just try to whatever it was like, I've chosen to homeschool this year because my child was not thriving in the environment they were at previously. And I wanted to try something else to see if we can improve their skill level, their experience, whatever you're trying to do. Once you get over the first few week fatigue, um, few weeks of fatigue, you'll find your groove, but know that, you know, it's going to take a few weeks. If you change things, you have to start the two weeks kind of over again. So it can take a while to get into the groove of things. But let me know if you're able to implement any of these ideas that help you kind of get over this hurdle that the first few weeks can feel like. Um, I would love to know how the strategies worked for you. And if you need any additional tips or suggestions, let me know. Homeschooling can be amazing for your family, even in spite of the challenges that we're at right now. So I would love to hear from you and let me know what challenges you're experiencing and I can kind of brainstorm with you and figure out how we can help you out. Thanks. Thanks for joining us this week on Suddenly Seeking Homeschooling. Check us out on Instagram or Facebook at The Learning Hypothesis for more information on homeschooling and how to customize your unique approach to education. As always, subscribe to the show to catch every new episode. See you next week.